You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, the goal for today is going to be to slowly, ever so slowly, dip our toe into the world of the Green Bay Packers offseason. And I figure the best way to do that is to kind of just do an inventory of the team that we have find out who's currently a member of the Green Bay Packers, who maybe won't be a member of the Packers, who needs to be re-signed, what their status is, uh, that kind of a thing. We're we're primarily talking contracts. I fully understand that I could spend another entire day talking about Aaron Rodgers. I promise you we're going to be talking a ton about Aaron Rodgers and about Zadarius Smith and Adrian Amos and are they coming and are they going and theorizing about what went wrong and what needs to go right. Um, There's plenty of time for that and and we'll have some Q&As with Patreon and everything else, and I'm sure those questions will re-arise. But I think as of right now, I've kind of said what I had to say about it, and I'm still in a state of flux, so I don't want to ingrain my opinion too strong anyways, because I'm going to change my mind next week. So let's just, we'll table that, we'll move in the direction of understanding where we're at in the current offseason, and um, I guess we'll just go from there. Um, I also want to kind of stay away from opinions going forward or or at least in-depth um, looking at things in terms of, for example, if we look at Aaron Rodgers' contract, I want to look at his contract for what it is. I don't want to get too far in the weeds as far as, um, you know, for example, what are the implications if we trade him? What about if we trade him after the trade deadline? What Or not after the trade deadline, because that would be impossible. <laughs> That's against the rules, but we'll, we'll do that eventually. We'll kind of dive into... Um, the implications of what happens, you know, if he retires, what happens if he gets traded, what happens if et cetera, et cetera. But again, I need to do a little bit more digging in that. I've got some, I've got, I'm looking currently at a really detailed article on that, and I'm going to pour into that a little bit and see where, where we end up with that. But let's just start with the 101. Again, we have a very long off season, lots of time to kind of dig into these things. And so there's no real reason to rush. Because if I blanket cover every single topic, I have nothing to talk about tomorrow, and we have literally months and months and months of time to really dive into this stuff. So, But uh, just, just kind of a blanket overview, um, I suppose we should start with the, um, what is the best way to do this? Instead of position by position, let's just go by situation. So currently as it stands, the free agents, and, and there's different kinds of free agents, but the free agents... This year, 2022, meaning if we don't intervene, they're gone, include, first of all, wide receiver, MVS, Devontae Adams, Equinemius St. Brown, and Alan Lazard. Maybe we should do position by position. I think we will, because I want to overview the position. So we'll just, I guess we'll just start with wide receiver. Beyond that, guys that are signed for one more year, meaning they're a free agent starting 2023, Jawan Winfrey and Randall Cobb. So the or yeah, so the only long-term guys that we have on this team are Malik Taylor and Amari Rogers. Well, I guess realistically, it's just Amari Rogers. We also do have Malik Taylor. Um, he only has a one-year contract, but he is an ERFA. And again, this is the kind of specifics I don't want to get into because there's a lot of nuance. But my understanding of his status as an ERFA, also known as an exclusive rights-free agent, 
is that they basically just have to offer him a minimum contract, and that's that's it. That's what he gets. There is no competition. He's not allowed to go anywhere else. Nobody's allowed to offer him additional contracts. That's his option. And so unless they're just done with him and don't want anything to do with him, um, he should be back. And considering we're about to lose a ton of players, um, that's kind of the situation. So again, between Adams, MVS, Equinemius, and Alan Lazard, they're going to have to figure something out. And actually, actually, I technically misspoke. I was, I was not re- Randall Cobb is not, I don't exactly know how this works. He's not considered a free agent because his contract is technically not up, but his 2023 contract is just a void year. Again, I, I don't know. Randall Cobb, as of right now, just consider him gone. I don't know the implications of how that works in terms of if they decide to retain him and, and how easy that is or what. The, I don't know, man. This is, this is what I'm saying as far as why I don't want to just rush into this. There's so much nuance in this stuff. I'm guessing it would, I mean, technically they retain the rights to him because he has one more year in his contract, but it's a void year. I don't, I don't know. I, have, I don't know. A lot of stuff that's weird about that. But wide receiver is a massive concern for the Packers. Um, whether or not it's going to lean more heavily on just retaining the guys we have, Adams, St. Brown, MVS, Lazard, whatever, um, and growing Amari, or leaning on the draft, I don't exactly know, but we'll have to figure that out. At tight end right now, Robert Tunyon is, is currently scheduled to be a goner. That is, unless they decide to do something, I'm probably a little less optimistic about that. I have not been on the Tunyon bandwagon as much as a lot of fans have. Um, that doesn't necessarily matter, but the, the overall point is you probably are much more optimistic in terms of, oh, they're definitely bringing him back. He's a star. They got to do. I don't think so. That doesn't mean they won't, but I don't think he's as big of a priority as a lot of people would make him out to be. Um, I think they want Tunyon. I think he's a role player in, in a role that they need, and if they get rid of him, they're going to have to replace him, and why would you replace him when you already have him, right? The question, though, is cost. Do we want to use up draft capital, which you may not even get that, right? I mean, it, it's not as though, well, we can just get him. That's something that people say in the draft all the time. That's that's just not true. Well, we got to get one of these guys in the draft. That's not how that works. You don't know who's available, you, and, and nobody's reaching for for just need. That's what That's what fans do when they do mock draft. I want a defensive tackle. It's my turn. I'm taking the highest ranked defensive tackle. There's my pick. All right, by the end of it, we want to make sure that we we got the most, the positions of need and in the order that we needed them. That's basically what fans do when they do mock drafts. That's not what teams do. That's not what the Packers do. They have a note that we would like to find a Robert Tunyon replacement. They may even have a list of guys that they would love to have, but there has to be the right value at the right time. So I don't know. I mean, again, that's that's going to be an interesting situation. Obviously, Robert DeGuara, Robert DeGuara, Josiah DeGuara, Dominique Daphne um, are not major concerns. Um, I think they like both of these guys. Josiah, we're seeing starting to take some minor leaps forward. Uh, Dominique Daphne, I think they like a lot as a versatile guy. Um, he's also an ERFA um, exclusive rights. So if they want him, they, they can keep him. And, and again, considering the situation, I'm, I'm guessing that they will. Mercedes Lewis is is a guy that um, he's another one that he's here for 2022 and after that is void years and I don't exactly know how that works but he does have one more year um, on his contract so I don't expect him to go anywhere um, his cap number does go up but it's not so much so like some of the other guys like Zadarius Smith or Aaron Jones who we'll talk about in a little bit where you look at it and say this guy's definitely gone his 2022 cap hit is 4.5 now granted he's going to be 38 years old. Um, it's not as though, well, 4.5 is nothing, so they're definitely keeping them. I don't think they're definitely keeping them, 
But at the very least, if, if they view him as a critical role, which he seems to be, especially if we are going to move, again, there's so many moving pieces, but if we are going to try to stay in this direction of being this big, physical, imposing presence, even if Mercedes isn't necessarily as good as maybe some people make him out to be, especially as a blocker, which, I mean, he is almost that good. I, I just, I, I have a hard time believing they're going to try to shed weight and save like two million bucks with Mercedes Lewis. I feel like there's easier ways to to get rid of lesser critical pieces than getting rid of Mercedes Lewis. So again, he's got one more year. Even if he's thinking retirement, I I don't think he just bails on one last year. You know what I mean? I mean, he might not be excited if Rodgers doesn't come back. He might be thinking this sucks. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild either, but I don't know. I don't know what his headspace is like. All I know is he's got one more year. It seems to be a reasonable cap hit of $4.5 million. Um, Again, the, the Packers can save $2.445 million if they cut him, but I don't think that's necessary. If, if they end up cutting Mercedes Lewis, it's really just because... I mean, here, here's the biggest thing. If this is a full-on rebuild, right? Because understand, if, if we're going to give love a shot, we don't have to just completely say, forget this, let's just tear everything down and completely just shed this and let's just tank a year and see if we can get the cap right and just head in a new direction. There's no real reason to do that, in my opinion. But if you are going to do that, Mercedes Lewis isn't a part of that. He doesn't really solve any of your problems. And the problem with him having these void years is that in 2023, there's an additional $1.05 million. Again, it's not very much, but if the goal is, let's just say, to be really good in 2023, we can erase that $1.05 million off the 2023 rolls by moving on in 2022 because everything gets accelerated into 2022, meaning um, we'll just take that hit now and clear it up for 2023. But again, it's a million bucks, dude. There, there, there just isn't a lot of fat here to, to shed. So something to contemplate moving forward and keep our eye on as far as where Mercedes is at, where he's at, where the team seems to want to head. And, and Rodgers is obviously the linchpin here. When, when we decide what's going on with that. So for this one, it's mostly straightforward with the exception of what are we doing with Tunyon. And again, even with Tunyon, the, the added benefit is I think the Packers like him. And, and really, that's what this comes down to for everybody. Do the Packers like him? more equal to or less than what he's worth. And I don't think Robert Tunyon is worth very much. This this is my big hang-up, and we're not even there yet, but this is my big hang-up with Razul Douglas, and, and I, I mean hang-up negative or positively in terms of him staying, because although I don't feel like he's, I don't want to say necessary, that's not really right, but I don't think he's as good as his production was this year, as I mentioned. I don't know that there's a definitive spot for him on this team with Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander being here. But it also comes down to he's not going to cost very much. And so when you just ask that simple question, what is his worth? And is it worth it to the, do the, do the Packers value him more than that? So for example, let's say Razul Douglas is a $5 million corner and the Packers value, his value to the Packers is that of an $8, 9000000 million corner. It makes sense to keep him. And it's the same with Tunyon. I don't know that Tunyon is as good as everybody makes him out to be, but I also don't think his contract is going to be as, as big as Packer fans make him out to be. So if he if he provides $6 million worth of value and his contract is going to be about $4 million that he would sign on the dotted line and accept to stay in Green Bay, I think they keep him. If there's And that and that's also goes into what the market is for him. If there's a handful of teams saying, dude, that Tunyon guy is great, and I would happily pay him $8.5, 9000000 million, I think the Packers look at it and go, it's not worth it to us. That's too much money especially in the cap situation we're in. 
you know, and we don't really have a Tunyon, but we got DeGuaro, we got Daphne, who we like, we got Mercedes Lewis for another year, and we've got time to explore things in the draft. I can't lock myself into Robert Tunyon at $8.5 million a year. So again, these are the questions, and it's why this is such a, a big, massive undertaking, is what is the market for Tunyon right now? You know, and you got to factor in, there has been a relative lack of production outside of a bunch of touchdowns once, like one year. And he's also coming off an injury. He is 28 years old, so he's not young. I mean, he's, he's pushing 30, coming off an injury. He's had one productive year, and that's almost entirely based on touchdown production. Um, undrafted free agent, you know that's going to be a stain for some people. And as much as we like to believe that, you know, GMs and all these personnel guys are above that, that they don't think that way, they're pure talent evaluators, and clearly they saw the talent, I don't buy it. I just told you I think there are teams that won't touch Aaron Rodgers because of his political stance. If there's people who are that petty, you think they're not going to look at him and go, ugh, he just got lucky with the scheme and with Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? I mean, this Michael Lombardi, he was a GM. I mean, give me a break. These guys are not gods. They they have opinions and biases and snobbery and all kinds of weird things and just, just preferences and so I don't know. I don't know exactly what the status is of Robert Tunyon, but we'll have to track that. But at the very least, we know we have DeGuara. We know we have Daphne. Very good reason to believe what we have one more year of Mercedes Lewis. Robert Tunyon is a question mark. And it's almost entirely based on, I do think there is a price in which the Packers would want to bring him back. And then, and I think there's a hard line on that. I don't know what that line is, but that's what we'll have to walk toward. Um, quarterback is obviously very straightforward in terms of our situation here. Um, it is at least worth noting that he is still under contract. So there has to be something that happens in order for us to not just carry on as though everything's normal. The biggest issue, though, is Aaron Rodgers' contract at $46.7 million. Um, meaning, so so as much as I'm saying all they have to do is just continue like nothing happened and he's the quarterback, but even that's not really feasible. His cap hit this year is $46.7 million. That's insane. In 2023, by the way, which is a void year, but it's only at 7.6, meaning they would essentially offer him an extension and push some of this money out of this season. But there would have to come with it some kind of an extension, which would be a commitment to Aaron Rodgers. And again, I don't think it's that crazy. I, I mean, the, the only reason, and I, I don't want to delve into this too much, but we can't 100% assume the Packers look at Aaron Rodgers and say, this guy can't win in the postseason. I think that's a fan overreaction that's being taken a little bit too far. He has won in the postseason. We know many of these losses are not tied to Aaron Rodgers. Um, even the game against Tampa, most people say, well, the last two for sure were Aaron Rodgers' fault. I don't necessarily believe that. The defense played like garbage. The offensive line played like garbage. Everybody on that team played like garbage. And I think Aaron Rodgers was more a victim of circumstance than anything. That was the, one of the most dominant run defenses we've seen in a long time. So we could not move the ball on the ground to save our lives. The pass rush was unbelievable. We could not block them to save our lives. On top of that, our defense was not very stellar. We had no pass rush. It was an ugly game for a lot of people. I'm not saying it was Aaron Rodgers that collapsed this team in on itself. That's not true. So for me, I don't necessarily think it's the matter of the, the Packers saying definitively, we can't win with this guy, because I think that's a silly narrative. Um, what I do think, though, is that it's a question of what is our vision for the future? Are we going to continue this and continue to push money out and continue to hurt our salary cap, or are we going to say this is enough and although we are clearly a better team with Rodgers, we're going to have to change at some point. We might as well do it now, clean up the salary cap, and see if we can't have a shot at this in 2023 with a completely new roster, um, a very cheap quarterback, because regardless of who the quarterback is, unless Jordan Love freaking just absolutely goes off in 2022, they're not going to cost a lot. Whoever the quarterback is, whether it's a guy we drafted or whatever, 
which means we're going to have a lot of money because we don't really have any heavy hitters on the, well, that's not true. Bakhtiari and potentially Devante and probably Jair and Kenny Clark and a few other guys. But we don't need to worry too much about that. But anyways, Aaron Rodgers' PFF grade in the Tampa Bay game was an 89.2. It was actually his fifth highest graded game of the entire season. So again, and you can say PFF's stupid. They don't know what they're talking about. Fine. Um, Or excuse me, his sixth highest graded game of the season. But I'm not buying that the last two years were Aaron Rodgers' fault. This last game, and, and again, they still had him in the top five. But this last game, fine, he was he was a primary factor in why we lost this game. But that's not a usual thing, and I don't think everybody said, well, he's done now. I mean, the guy's going to freaking win MVP, right? So, I mean, probably. So what are we even t- I don't know. Anyways, I'm, I'm not getting dragged down that rabbit hole. Um, I don't think that's the discussion taking place for Brian Gutekunst and whatnot. I think the, the question really is, although he gives us the best shot to win in 2022, maybe 2023, maybe 2024, we need to go in a different direction because we can't financially maintain this anymore. And we, we did something that was financially untenable for a temporary period, and, and now we need to start fixing this salary cap. And um, it doesn't make sense to pay massive quantities of dollars for Aaron Rodgers during a rebuild. And, and he even said he doesn't want to be a part of it. So I, I said I wasn't going to go down the road, and here we are. But that is the situation. He has an unbelievably ridiculous salary cap. Which, by the way, the idea that we're like $40 million in the hole was never a reality because this was never actually going to be his salary cap number. We're either going to move on or we're going to restructure him or or extend him. There's no circumstance on which we pay the man almost $50 million to play this year. So that was never a real number, right? Like, well, how are we going to clean up this $35 million deficit or whatever that we're in? Well, it's a fake deficit because these are fake numbers, right? We're never, we're never going to pay Aaron Rodgers this much money. Same thing for Zadarius. Under no circumstance ever is that man going to make $27.6 million. That's fake. He's either going away or getting a restructured contract, but there is never a circumstance in which we're paying, paying $27.6 million. So those two are fake numbers. It's just a matter of what is that number going to be brought down to and how do we go about getting there? But yeah, $40 million in the hole, no. No, we're not. Anyways, uh, continuing on now, uh, we might as well look at running back, and then we'll do offensive line, and then we'll take a break. But um, first and foremost, we're good at running back in terms of like who's up for, you know, whose contracts are coming up. Nobody's. Aaron Jones is locked up for a while. A.J. Dillon's locked up for a while. Um, Patrick Taylor's is technically coming up. Uh, he's an ERFA next year, so he's under contract this year. And then next year, again, we just throw minimum money at him and he stays. So we could, we we have the luxury of doing whatever we want with that guy. And Kylan Hill, we just drafted. And I, I think we all just forgot about Kylan Hill and how much we actually really like Kylan Hill and, and thought we had a star in Kylan Hill. And you know, remember that whole thing, like how cool this backfield is? And I'm starting. So all this is good. The one issue that I wanted to bring up, though, is about Aaron Jones, because we talked a little bit about fake money with uh, Zadarius and Aaron Rodgers. Let me t- give you another thing that's completely fake. Paying Aaron Jones $20 million in 2023, that's not going to happen. As of right now, as far as I can tell, this is going to be Aaron Jones's last year with the Green Bay Packers. So I, I know it seems odd to be like, well, why did we give this guy a big contract? We just got Aaron, uh, A.J. Dillon, et cetera, et cetera. His his cap went from four point four million to nine million this year. He's he's costing us nine million dollars, and he's worth every penny as far as I can tell. He isn't worth twenty million dollars. He jumps up to nineteen point two million. Even in twenty twenty four, it goes back down to fifteen point two. That's too much. 
So as of right now, what I can tell you is that Aaron Jones, unless they make some kind of a change, is not going to be with this team in 2023. And I don't even know what that change could be. And considering he's a running back and considering he's going to be 29 years old at that time and he's dealt with several injuries, um, I don't see too much of a situation in which we're so desperate that we need to push money out and we just do these void years and, and cut his $19 million down to maybe $11 million, $12, $13 million, and then just push money out so that in 2024 and 2025, our salary cap situation is a complete nightmare for a running back. I love Aaron Jones one of the greatest human beings that has ever played for this football team. It has nothing to do with that. It's just the way that this is structured. And this is the kind of stuff the Packers had to do in order to be able to retain these superstars with no money so that Aaron Rodgers can take another swing at this thing. But this is another situation where, yes, he got a four-year contract, but in reality, it was a two-year contract. The rest of this money is largely fake money. In 2023, if and when the Packers move on, you're talking about a, it's going to cost us six, $6.5 million. We're going to save $12.7 million. So we're going to pay, so essentially they paid a $6.5 million tax in 2023 so that they can have this sort of giant, massive fake contract for Aaron Jones and keep him for two years. I don't think I'm missing anything on this. That that seems fairly straightforward to me. There There is no circumstance, especially with A.J. Dillon coming on as strong as he is, that we're paying $20 million for Aaron Jones at the age of 29 years old. No chance. So um, that's worth noting. As of right now, this is Aaron Jones's last year with the Packers. And at that at that salary, at that cap, I don't even know that he's super tradable. Um I don't know, but um, more than likely he'll he'll just be let go. But again, that's further down the road, but it does need to be mentioned because he signed a four-year contract, and I think for most of us, we feel like he's locked up for a long time. I don't think he is. I think he's locked up for one more year. Um, the offensive line position, one of the benefits of investing so much so recently is that they're actually pretty good. Now, I do think they're still going to need to invest quite a bit, but you look at it, um, Elton Jenkins is um, just just a couple years in. So his contract runs through 2023. So we're going to have to negotiate something. And it's probably going to be a real big sum at that point. But as of right now, we've got him locked up um, for this year. And then next year, again, we got to kind of figure something out. Um, Yash Nyman is an ERFA, which means, again, we, we throw minimum money at him and he's ours. We have David Bakhtiari locked up for the long haul. We'll get into the specifics in a minute. But John Runyon, um, John Runyon is a free agent in 2024. Josh Myers isn't a free agent until 2025. Jake Hansen is an ERFA, so we do whatever we want with that guy. Uh, Royce Newman, 2025. Billy Turner is under contract for one more year. So that's that's almost everybody. The two guys that are on the way out, at least until unless and until we do something about it, Lucas Patrick and Dennis Kelly. Um, again, I don't know exactly where we stand on that. I don't want to speculate too much on that. My hunch says that the Packers are not super keen on keeping them just because of how many bodies we have. Um, I know we needed them, but there's no question in my mind we're going to be investing in the draft. We may even go out in free agency and do some stuff. Um, and we've got, again, we, we've we've got Billy Turner for one more year unless we move on from him. Again, we'll get into those specifics in a minute. We got Royce. We got Josh and Jake. We got Runyon. We got Yash that can play tackle. We got Elton Jenkins that can play everywhere from left tackle to right tackle, literally. Bakhtiari and all, all these guys. So we, we can field a team without paying buku bucks to Dennis Kelly and Lucas Patrick. Um, and that doesn't even include 
you know, guys that we have on the practice squad, Ray Wilborn, Ben Braden, Cole Van Lannan, uh, Michael Manette, whatever, whoever else ends up being on this team. But uh, the two guys worth looking at, David Bakhtiari and Billy Turner, um, Bakhtiari is $22 million. That goes up to $26 million in 2023 and $30 million in 2024. So um, I, I don't think we're going to be moving on. In fact, we, we wouldn't until 2024. So we got him at least two more years. Um, we got to monitor this injury situation and see how he does. Um, by the time 2024 rolls around, he'll be 33 years old. And again, that's a $30 million cap hit, but it's only $8.7 million in dead cap money. It's going to be $21.5 million in savings if we end up having to move on from them. Um, again, that's further down the line, but just in terms of what is what is real here, 2022 is a guarantee. Um, again, unless there's some kind of an injury thing, and that has its own salary cap implications in terms of what's guaranteed and what's not, and I don't know what that is, um, but I, I don't really want to worry about that. I, don't, I think the odds are low that this is some kind of a serious long-term deal. I could be wrong, but he was already working his way back into playing, um, so I don't, I don't, I know that's a big question is the only reason I bring it up. I've had several people reach out and say, do you think this is career ending? Do you think he's ever going to play a snap? I, as of now, yes, I have no reason to believe otherwise. Well, of course I have a reason, but I'm, I'm choosing not to explore that. 2023, it's not impossible that we move on again. It would have to be something extremely drastic because it would be a $17.5 million dead cap. It are only saving 8.7. That's, that's something catastrophic happened type of thing. But so the next two years, I would say he's locked up. 2024 is when it becomes a question mark. Um, as far as Billy Turner, though, this is where things get a little bit interesting. Again, he is under contract in 2022. He only costs $9.2 million. Is he worth that? I think the Packers think the world of him. You know, I don't think the world of him. But even at that, $9.2 million is not a massive amount of money. Um, they've also got three void years in here, which is just kind of crazy to me. Um, the amount of money that... Uh, that is being pushed out here is kind of incredible. Well, it's, I mean, it's not a lot of money, but it's it's three years, which is silly to me. But there there is an opportunity for some cap savings if they decide to move on. It's not a massive amount, but for a team that's looking to save a lot of money, it's about three and a half million dollars. So, I mean, you know, the, the, the biggest question for me is, is Elton Jenkins going to be our starting right tackle? If David Bakhtiari is our left tackle, and Elton Jenkins is our right tackle, it's not that you don't want additional depth, but do you want to spend 10 million bucks on depth? If not, you move on from them. You're only saving 3.4. But remember, that means there's no hit in 2023 because all the money that you need to pay gets paid up up front. So instead of having this $2.6 million hit, you have nothing. So that's so it's $3.4 million off the books this year, $2.67 million off the books next year. It's kind of one way to think about it, I guess. I don't think that's mathematically correct, but just think about it in those terms and it makes sense. So that's essentially where the offense stands. We have a lot of bodies along the offensive line, not a lot of guys leaving, especially not critical pieces, but there are some question marks in terms of who stays, who goes, how the, the Packers feel about those things. Um, do we want to invest heavily in the draft and free agency? How, how do all these things work? Is Billy Turner going to be a cap casualty? Are we going to resign Lucas and Dennis, or, or are we going to let them go? Those are the biggest questions, but there's not a massive amount of bodies um, running back again, everybody stays. The only interesting side note is Aaron Jones and his cap situation and, and how that's all going to come out looking at 2023. Um, quarterback, we fully understand the drama. Tight end, um, it comes down to Mercedes Lewis. Is he going to give this one last ride? And Robert Tunyon, is he worth the money? And at wide receiver, everybody's leaving. Who stays? Who goes? And, and what do we do about all these massive vacancies? Because we're not signing Adams, St. Brown, MVS, and Lazard. If we keep two of them, we have a lot of a lot of holes to fill. 
Um, also, I mean, Randall Cobb and, you know, Malik Taylor, is he staying? I'm assuming he is, but I don't know. So that's that. Anyways, before we take a break, please check out amodernfrontier.com. It's a great place to buy all your meat needs. You can uh, go online. He's got a butcher's dozen ground beef, one-eighth grass-fed beef box, and a one-quarter pastured pork box. These are super high-quality meats. They're local. Adam is a good dude. He's a good friend of mine. He's one of the first guys I met when I moved up to Wisconsin, needed some work, did some landscaping, and there was Adam. Not only was he working at that place, but when I was looking to get out of there and find a new place, he was on to the next place and he helped me get in there and kind of helped me along the way. He's even such a good guy. He, there was at one point he was going up to the Boundary Waters to be like a guide because that's just who he is. And so he hooked me up with some of his friends from Milwaukee because I was new to the area and he wanted to make sure I had some people to hang out with when he took off. Just, just because that's who Adam is. He's just a good dude. And like I said, he got laid off and he's looking to really make this thing a, a profitable business if he can. And so if you're looking for some, again, some high quality meat, be sure to check it out. Um, you can head over to amodernfrontier.com, send him a direct message. We do have a promo code, MEATPACKERS. It's uh, M-E-A-T-P-A-C-K-E-R-S. Whether you use the S or not, it doesn't matter. Both codes will apply, but it is one word, all caps. You will get a discount. And again, I forgot what it was because I always forget that I forget until I get here. And it's like, well, I'm not going to stop now. We're just going to keep powering through this. Let me see if I can find it in the conversation. MEATPACKER. One word, all caps, $25 off any pork, chicken, or beef box. So he has chicken too. Again, not on his website, but this is why you should just reach out and be like, hey man, what you got for me? I need to get it on one of those chicken boxes, man. It's the only, I'm not even kidding about this. The only thing that I don't like about getting this much meat from Adam is that I want to buy more, but it's like, dude, you you have not touched anything. I have I have months worth of meat to eat before I need more meat. Like it's it's going so slow. <laughs> I am taking forever. I need to just have like a giant meat party. Like I'll just, I'll make 17 pounds of ground beef and just start eating it, you know, with some hot sauce or something. Have some people over like, hey, you want some ground beef? Melt some cheese on it, a little hot sauce. Whatever you want to do, put it on a cracker. I don't care. So that I can get rid of this meat and buy some more. By the way, if you uh, own a company and you would like to advertise with uh, with me, I have a tendency to ramble about my advertisers for an additional five to six minutes accidentally. So think it over. Also, let's not forget about our buddy Drew. Drew was diagnosed with epilepsy. He's looking to get a seizure service dog, which is a very hard couple of words to say right next to each other. But you can find his GoFundMe tagged to the top of my Twitter account. So that'd be a place to find that. Otherwise, why don't we take a break and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. 
when I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All righty, on to the defense. Looking at our defensive line, um, it's not that stacked to begin with. Uh, We got Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Dean Lowry, and Tyler Lancaster. Obviously, three of these guys have been around for quite a while. TJ Slayton is the only guy that's relatively new. Tyler Lancaster is currently a free agent, which is surprising because you would assume it's Dean, but we did give him a contract somewhat recently. Uh, Tyler Lancaster also surprisingly is 28 years old, which is the same age as Dean Lowry. I don't know how those things happen. I feel like Dean Tyler got picked like two years, three years later, but I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really matter for what we're talking about here. Um, I don't really know exactly what his fate is going to be. Uh, again, it's kind of similar to wide receiver in that it's not so much that Tyler is the most critical piece to our defense. I like Tyler Lancaster. I think he has a place on this defense as just sort of that big body guy. Um, But it has more to do with the fact, and again, it comes down to what is his salary going to be and what is his value to this team as as it relates to that. But it's just a fact of how little guys we have. Uh, Again, without Tyler Lancaster, we're talking about three guys. So, um, you know, and there's, again, Abdullah Anderson, there's RJ McIntosh, there's Bronson Kaufusi, uh, there's other guys that can fill in and whatnot, but in terms of actual starters and role players, that's that's more or less all we're dealing with. Kenny Clark and TJ Slayton are locked up for quite a while. Dean Lowry, this is his uh, technically his last year. He's another guy that has uh, 700 void years in his contract, but this is his uh, final year with the Green Bay Packers unless and until they decide to extend him beyond this. I mean, he did have a very good year in 2021. We'll have to see how it goes um, at the at the age of 28, which is what he will be this year. I don't know if he is already or what. I think he's 27 right now, but that's not that's not that old. I mean, you know, we had guys. Uh, what was Mike Daniels? He was like 31 ish, 32 ish. He was getting into that range and seemed like he had another gear in him. So, I mean, there's potentially at least three years left. But again, you got those those weird. Not not. It's not a ton. It's not a ton of, of money in terms of void years. Over three years, it's spreading one point eight million dollars. It's not the end of the world if they did decide to um, to extend him. But his contract in this final year is seven point nine million dollars. The question of could we possibly cut him if we wanted to? It's possible. But again, the issue is depth. If we move on from him and Tyler Lancaster, we're in a, quite a bit of trouble in terms of. I mean, we're we're gonna just have to have a lot of low end guys playing, which may just be our reality. But um, we would save about $3.9 million and have to pay about $3.9 million. So it's about half of his contract goes away. And again, all those void years, so we're, we're saving a little bit, nearly $2 million in 2023 as well. So it's on the table. I don't think it's super likely. Again, it really just comes down to what exactly is our plan here. If this is a full-on gut 
Dean Lowry doesn't have a massive play a role in this. But again, it's also just kind of silly territory to say, well, we're only really doing this because we want to save money in 2023 and we just we could really use that at 1.8. Really? Okay. I think you're being spiteful and, and silly. I think you're tanking for a top five pick. That's, that's what you're really doing because 1.8 ain't nothing. Something else to consider is Kenny Clark, who has three more years on his contract, and I'm not about to deliver bad news. In fact, I'm about to deliver good news. I think I talked about it a little bit yesterday. But his salary cap hit is about $21 million this year. Now, that's a massive amount of money. He jumped from 6.9 to 21, but um, it's not even so much that we're about to move on from him. I, I think it might be a little bit of a stretch that he's he's worth that, but I think with the salary cap and where it's going and, and you know, interior pass rushers and all that stuff. Let's just let's just say that's a perfectly fine number. The the actual good news here is that his his cap hit goes up to twenty one million this year. It's twenty one point two next year in twenty twenty. Uh, it's twenty two million in twenty twenty four, meaning it's basically flatlined. If anything, it's probably going negative when you factor in the salary cap inflation rate. Um, and so there's what I'm getting at is that there's actually some leeway to free up a little bit of room in Kenny Clark's uh, contract with a restructuring. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be massive, but if we can take, you know, $5 million and say we put $2 million on 2023 and turn that into $23 million and 2024, turn that into $25 million, um, it's, it's, it's putting you in a position where, well, if nothing else, it really just looks more like a Green Bay Packers contract. Uh, first of all, in 2023, the fact that it'll go up to $23 million, but again, when you factor in how much the salary cap is going to go up, it's it's really like it's only going up about a million, maybe maybe a million and a half or so. So it's not that big of a difference. And then again, in 2024, it goes up again. So maybe it went up instead of the $3 million more than it would be. It's it's maybe like, it, again, another million, million and a half, maybe two. I don't know. It wouldn't be two. That doesn't even make sense. But the other thing it does is it provides more leeway to get rid of him if things are not going well, which is not a great thing to think of, but it's also another benefit to why you're doing this. You're, you're front-loading things. You're back-loading kind of fake money and front-loading real money. So as he gets more expensive um, in the later years, there's also less real money, meaning you can move on and it's, it's not really hurting you at all. It actually provides more incentive to move on, which is, which is not a great thing. But it's it's not also that I'm not proposing even backloading it massively. Again, this this is this is to a point where it's like if he's still Kenny Clark, we still keep him. If he's still playing like Kenny Clark, then then we're not we don't need to move on. We're not putting ourselves like Aaron Jones. That that situation is I don't care how good he's playing. This is not realistic. You know, Zadarius Smith. I don't care how good he is. We're not paying thirty million dollars for a pass rusher. I don't care how good Aaron Rodgers is. We're not paying fifty million dollars for him. No chance. And so essentially what it would be is is with Kenny Clark, you can you don't even have to give him an extension if you don't want to. You just pay him what he's worth and, and at $23 million, it'll be fine. Or if he's still playing really well, um, he'll be 29 years old. You can give him a little bit of extra extension or whatever, a year, two, three, whatever. But I, I do the point is I think there is a little bit, if they wanted to, to kind of tweak this contract, push a little bit of money out, drop and again, that that proposition was for five million dollars, freeing up five five million dollars in this situation that we're in is, is pretty huge considering when you, let's say, move on from Zadarius Smith and uh, even just, let's let's say we extend Rodgers and just drop his cap hit to uh, even 30 or, I don't know, maybe that's unrealistic, 35. When you factor in, we're, we're saving $16 million from Aaron Rodgers by dropping his cap hit down to 35. 
We're saving $15 million uh, for Zadarius Smith. We're over 30 already just in those two things. So we're $40 million over the cap. Now we're down to, what, $9 million? So if we can save $5 million just by restructuring Kenny Clark in a way that doesn't really damage us in, in any particular way, we got like $4 million we got to figure out. If we give uh, Jair Alexander his extension, we're probably going to save a little bit of money. I don't, I don't know exactly how much. Maybe it's $3 million. Okay, we're, we're basically even now. And we've done nothing to really hurt this team aside from moving out from Zadarius Smith, which was always going to be a thing anyways. And if we end up moving on from Aaron Rodgers entirely, I mean, that's $35 million between Zadarius and Aaron Rodgers right there. The extra five from Kenny puts us at zero. We're, we're home. I mean, we're not home because we still got to sign people. We got to come up with more money. I mean, we, we got more work to do, but that's, that's 40 million bucks, right? So that's my only interesting side note as far as defensive tackles. I think we're a little thin there. I think we need some more people and that's going to impact what we do. Um, but Tyler Lancaster is a pretty big question mark because, well, because we're thin and because he's getting up in age. Um, off the edge, the the biggest issues we have are going to be we're we're dealing with big money here in a lot of different places. Um, Preston and Zedarius are very expensive, and Rashawn is about to be unbelievably expensive. That's another thing to factor in when you look at it and say, well, maybe we can give Zedarius an extension, dude. I don't I don't think so because it's not just that. Well you know, we'll just pay that price later. First of all, I think that's silly because Zadarius is already getting old. He's got injury issues. He's been declining. Um, I think that one really good year is a year that's never going to happen again, which is what I said at the time. Again, in 2020, when he actually won his uh, Pro Bowl nod or whatever, his pressure rate was at like 8.5%, which is pretty horrible. He had a lot of sacks, but that can be misleading. But on top of that, we're about to pay Rashawn Gary just a stupid amount of money. We need Zadarius Smith money to go to Rashawn. We can't have Zadarius and pay past Preston and give Rashawn the bag. And make no mistake, that dude's going to get the bag. And and Rashawn Gary is setting him up so, so himself up perfectly. He just made himself known to the world in the playoffs. Right? That was the first introduction. I've been saying this. The Packers know how good he is. Packer fans are learning how good he is, but the world doesn't know. They saw him completely dominate in that game. The announcers kept talking about Rashawn and how good he's become. That was his introduction to the entire world. So now everybody's aware. Now he's got one final year here in Green Bay before he starts, you know, before we need to make him an offer. And we could pay, I mean, he could get a contract whenever. But the point is, he's got himself set up to where this year he can go off. He can get 12, 13, 15 sacks and continue to dominate the way that he's been dominating. And he's just going to, he's going to get so stupid paid, it's ridiculous. And so that's going to be factored in. And, and it's why I think, I mean, Zedarius has definitely gone. Preston is a, a massive question mark. At the very least, they're going to want him off the books by the time Rashawn Gary gets that massive amount of money. But it's also why they, they may want to invest in an edge rusher in the upcoming draft, because then you've got Rashawn Gary making a bunch of money and you got this other guy who's also good, but he's cheap because we just drafted him, right? I mean, it's, it's certainly not a guarantee in terms of that guy being any good. And, you know, is he a first round, second round, third round, seventh round pick? I don't know. But again, we're kind of getting into the weeds, but that's kind of where it's at. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shuffling thing because they're such big money things. I mean, you've got one of the, probably the most expensive position and you've got three top end players and you've got to shuffle who stays and who goes and how can we pay these guys, but kind of stagger when they're getting paid, right? So Darius got it. Preston's, you know, kind of a, maybe about to get a little bit more money and Rashawn's about to get massively paid maybe after that. So we move, we, we paid Zadarius. And now when it's time to start paying some other guys, we got to move Zadarius and then, you know, Preston can stay, but then we're going to have to move Preston so that we can pay. So that's, that's the shuffling match. On top of that is, is a question mark about Whitney Merciless. Um, 
it seems unlikely that we, <clears throat> excuse me that Whitney Merciless would come back. He is a free agent this year. He's the uh, the lone guy that is not currently going to be on the roster. He is 32 years old. Um, it is possible. It seems extremely unlikely, and I, w- I would put this at like three percent possibility. But if if we did say Zadarius and Preston both have to go, which would be unfortunate, but it's possible, Whitney Merciless wouldn't be the worst stand-in based on his value. Because if you're looking at it from a value standpoint, Preston Smith and what he was able to do this past year, incredible. But his cost is up there. Zadarius, nowhere near his value. Even if he was as good as he was in 2019, I'm not paying him him $28 million. I'm not doing that. That can't happen, and we can't afford to extend him. We need his money off the books so we can pay Rashawn. That's, that's, in my mind, that's a done deal. And I think he knows it. That's why he essentially said goodbye to Green Bay. I mean, he, I, I think these guys know when, just like Aaron Jones, he knows the situation. He knows when he got that contract, he got a two-year contract. Now, he still gets a big pile of money. That's why you accept it, because it's, it's, it's a two-year contract that's bundled up in a four-year package. But, I mean, you're, you're getting paid a lot more money, right? Why not just give him a two-year? Because it's less money. That's why. That's why the Packers have a big salary cap hit when they decide to move on from these guys, because there's still money that's owed. It's not all fake, just a lot of it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you, you you look at it, and if you did decide to move on, if we look at the details of this, again, Zadarius, I talked about him, but Preston Smith, he's at 19.7. Um, that's kind of a stupid amount of money. And we could have a cap savings of 12.5. I don't think it's a guarantee that he stays, to be completely honest, because it's just too much. I mean, Preston was, Preston was dominant. There's no question about it. In, in, in a vacuum, could you say his production this past year was worth 19.7? I think so. I think what he did, his pressure rate being as good as it was at 14%, which is incredible. It, at, that's in elite territory. $20 million, I think that's fair. But you got a 29-year-old guy that's turning 30 years old this year. It was an anomaly of a season. He's been in the league for, what, six years, seven years? He's never had a season anywhere near that. So there's almost no doubt in my mind that a regression is coming. So we're going to let him jump from $8 million to $19 million? I don't think so. And are we going to extend him again? I don't think we can afford that because we got Rashawn to factor in. So I, I think it's entirely possible that he ends up being a cap casualty because $20 million for 30-year-old Preston Smith just doesn't really make a massive amount of sense. And we saved $12.5 million from moving on. Now, again, that's a devastating situation to be in, to go from you know four pass rushers. Granted, they were only on the field for basically one game, but you go from that four to one guy. And we've had that in the past where you got Clay Matthews and nobody else, and you know how much it sucked. But again, it's it's really just being prudent and saying it's not worth that amount of money. We can't afford to extend Preston Smith. I mean, maybe, maybe we could, but it's going to be on a, a, a an amount of money that Preston probably isn't going to like very much because it's going to be geared toward we, we need to make sure that there's no real money in this. And also they're going to want to get out of the contract as soon as possible because the, the goal is we're going to find somebody to replace Preston. So we're going to give you a fake contract that's like a three-year contract in which we can get out after 2022, 2023. He's not going to want to accept that. So it's a, it's a tough spot to be in. I mean, he's he's on the books for another year, but this is kind of a silly amount of money for considering the production that you can that I would assume he's going to be able to put out. And again, considering how much money we... Again, just that little scenario I went through where we got to zero. Well, we still have to sign free agents. We still have to sign draft picks. We still need money. million is a mass. I mean, that solves almost all our problems. $12.5 million is a stupid amount of money. It's one guy. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know what happens with Preston. And this is, again, this all comes back to Aaron Rodgers and saying, what does this team have to do? What makes the most sense? And when you start looking at it saying, is Rodgers coming back to this with no Zadarius, no Preston? 
And I'm not saying he's not coming back. I'm just I'm, I'm looking at it from my standpoint. If I'm Brian Gutekunst, saying I got Preston Smith in one hand, twelve point five million dollars in the other hand, and looking at my situation and looking at the fact that I think Preston is in for a massive regression. Doesn't have to be, but I, I just think fourteen percent, especially for Preston Smith, is entirely untenable. Especially if Zadarius isn't there and you, you're you're not getting help in other places because we're gutting in other places as well. I just I don't think he's going to be able to live up to twenty million. I think I'm looking at that twelve point five million, and it's it's weighing a little heavier in that hand. In fact, probably quite a bit heavier. Extremely grateful for what he did in twenty twenty, but I'm not pay or twenty twenty one. But I'm not paying for twenty twenty one. I'm paying for twenty twenty two. We got a steal of eight point seven million dollars in twenty twenty one. That was an absolute steal for Preston Smith. But I think we're getting robbed at twenty million dollars in twenty twenty two, and I I'm not going to do that. So that's but that's me. I don't know what the Packers' plans are. And again, the, the biggest deterrent to that is the fact that you don't just want Rashawn. So if you can have Rashawn and Preston, let Preston play on a, on a ridiculous contract of $20 million, 19.75, and then work on finding a, a replacement for him in the future, then you don't really have to miss a step with having those two pass rushers. But I just don't know. I mean, we again, we've seen the Packers with one pass. There's a lot of teams with one. There's a lot of teams with none. The Kansas City Chiefs basically have a really good pass rusher, and he's on the interior. The Rams, for years, had Aaron Donald and nobody. Their edge rushers were garbage. We have Rashawn freaking Gary, who's potentially going to be one of the top guys. The Browns have Miles Garrett and nobody else. The the 49ers, they, they, I'm just talking about edge guys. They got Bosa and what? I mean, who's the elite guy off the edge on the other side? So I think we'll survive. That's the point. Do you need to be held captive at $20 million to, to get a guy that's going to give you maybe 10% pressure rate? I don't, I just don't, I don't see it. So again, there's there's plenty to shuffle there. Otherwise, we got Chauncey Rivers, we got Randy Ramsey, we got uh, Jonathan Garvin, and we got uh, Tipagalea. Again, I know that's not how you say his name, but that's how I'll forever say his name. And on top of that, listen, we we got production. Um, you know, we 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 saw production from from uh, you know Garvin, not a ton, but it, enough so where it's like you can see a situation where you got one guy that's really good, and then you got a Garvin on the other side. We've had that for for years. And most of those years, we didn't have somebody as good as Rashawn. And and listen, maybe Rashawn's in for a regression. His his numbers were completely untenable. But the fact that he's so young, the fact that we've always known his ceiling was about as high as any human being could possibly be, I'm not counting him out as potentially just being a freak, which again is why I think he's about to get the bag. But the good news is we got this one buffer year. Let's just see. Let's just make sure that he is as good as we think he is. And if he is, he's going to get freaking loaded. If he's not, then well, that sucks. But that's that's definitely an interesting position. Uh, linebacker, Devondre Campbell is a free agent. I think most people want him back. I think the Packers really want him back. Um, that's that's going to be entirely up to, I would say, his market value. That is to say, and, and very similar to Razul Douglas, I don't think it's going to be as high as many fans think it's going to be because we know we've seen Devondre for years. He's not a guy that, well, I guess he's really good now. Any team can pick him up, put him in any system, and he's just going to dominate. Maybe, but I don't think so. I don't even know that he's going to be able to dominate with the Packers again next year. I think that the, the biggest point, though, is Devondre Campbell found a home that works for him in Joe Barry's system. He can't just go in any system and dominate. So the the, the real benefit here is that the, his value in Green Bay is much higher than anywhere else. But because his value is not very high anywhere else, they don't have to pay him basically what he's worth. If he could do what he did for Green Bay... For all 32 teams, his value would be through the roof. Let's just say $12 million for a linebacker. Let's just say that. But if we say that only one team wants him and everybody else is willing to pay what? Five, six million, maybe seven million, I don't know. Then the Packers are not going to offer him $12 million. 
Um, we know the Packers are are historically cheap as far as linebackers, but again, with with Joe Barry, it's a different thing. You know, when Brian Gutekunst goes to Joe Barry as opposed to Mike Pettin, they're not getting the same answer to the question, "What do you need to make this thing work?" Whereas Mike Pettin might say, "I don't care about linebackers; I need defensive tackles." I think Joe Barry, especially given how good Devondre was, when he has a sit down meeting with Matt Lafleur and Brian Gutekunst, and they start talking about what do you need to make this thing work, I I have a hard time believing they're looking at Devondre going, "Eh." We can get by with Barnes. We can get some scrub in the third, fourth, fifth round and make it work. If I can turn Devondre into something, I can make anybody into something because obviously that wasn't true. Oren Burks wasn't able to do it. Ty Summers, Chris Barnes, they weren't able to do what Devondre did. So I do think that they go into the draft and try to find a version of Devondre Campbell that's obviously younger, cheaper, whatever. But in terms of moving forward, I don't think he's going to be the kind of guy that breaks the bank to the point where they say we just can't afford him or that he's not necessary. Again, the only reason in which you definitively say that is complete rate rebuild and tear down where we don't really care about this year. So why spend money on a guy that's not going to help us do anything to accomplish our goal of being really good in 2023 and 2024? But again, I just don't really see that as being a plan that really hardly any teams do. I mean, the Lions have a real hard reset. But they also they had a terrible team to begin with. The Packers have some really good building blocks. They've got some really good offensive linemen. They've got Devontae. You know, they've, they've got some pieces they're building around in terms of, you know, tight end, wide receiver, and, and, and running back. They've got some established running backs. You know, you got Kenny Clark. You got Rashawn Gary. You've got some corners with Jair and with Stokes. And, you know, you've got some serious pieces to where if, if you can do it right, you can just pick up right where you left off. And to be completely honest, I think their situation today is better than it was in 2018. In 2018, that was a garbage football team where you're looking at it going, dude, our pass rushers suck. Our defensive tackles, uh, I guess our defensive tackles are about the only thing that was good, but our corners are pathetic. Our linebackers are putrid. Our safeties are no good. Our offensive line is completely falling apart. I mean, that was when we had like Jari Evans and we, we had gotten rid of all these guys along our offensive line, just gave them away for nothing and, and replaced them with guys. And it's like, what is this? You know, wide receivers, it, it was Devontae and nobody. The running game was not, mm, I mean, there's, there's, there was something, but it was not looking good. And that was with Aaron Rodgers. And we're saying with Aaron Rodgers, this team, I mean, we, we need everything. And Gutekunst comes in and in one year, we win 13 games. Well, I mean, after, after Mike left, obviously when Matt LaFleur came in, Gutekunst's first year obviously was giving him another opportunity with that garbage roster. But once they decided to go in a new direction, the fact that he could turn it around and get 13 wins out of that should inspire some uh, feeling of optimism about our ability because we have a better roster now. Now, Rodgers is the biggest issue, right? You lose a quarterback of that caliber. Again, I'm not saying we're going to. I'm just speculating. If we did, that's that's a big blow. But in terms of trusting their ability to find people to fill in, to make this thing not be a disaster, we should have some level of optimism. <sighs> I don't even know how I got there, so I'm just going to move off of that. Aside from Devondre Campbell, Oren Burks is also a free agent. Ty Summers, um, he's got one more year left with the team, but uh, he does not certainly need to stay. We don't really save much by getting rid of Ty, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a million bucks. I don't know. It doesn't matter to me either way. Uh, Chris Barnes, he's uh, 2022 ERFA, so he's got uh, that same situation of He's not going anywhere unless we just don't want him, but I'm sure we do. We like Chris Barnes, so uh, he's going to be sticking around. Isaiah McDuffie will be around for a while. He's not up until 2025. Um, but really, let's be honest, it's about Chris Barnes and Devondre Campbell. That That's the core of these linebackers, and since Chris is probably going to be around for a while at a very low price, 
The question is, do we keep Devondre and then try to find his replacement, or do we just move on from Devondre and hope we can find somebody as, as a patchwork linebacker? My hunch is we're going to keep Devondre. Again, the cost is low enough and his impact is high enough that I, I can't imagine that they're able to bridge that gap between the two and come to the conclusion that he doesn't stay. Could be wrong, though. Um, cornerback, obviously Eric Stokes is locked up for quite a while. Uh, Kevin King, Chandon Sullivan are up. Uh, Kevin King, I think had a good year, but I don't think there's any way to justify that. The only real justification would be that he's going to cost almost no money because he's been so bad for so long and has an injury history and everything else. And we decide we want him as our slot guy over Chandon Sullivan because he did a better job in the slot. And we think he's a better slot guy. It's possible, but it's entirely unlikely. Um, Jair Alexander obviously is up for a contract. Um, he still has one more year under his contract, but he's he, he's costing this year about 13-something million. The assumption being we can actually get that number lower if we give him a long-term extension. I don't know if that's actually reality or not. I don't know exactly how it would be structured, but um, it's not. The point is it's not going to be massively more expensive either way if we end up locking him up long-term. So that is our core there. Jair will be paid. The number one question I get is how can we pay him? Do you think we're going to move on from him? I don't know where this comes from. I don't think there is a bigger priority. I think Jair is a priority over Devontae. He's a priority over Aaron Rodgers. I can't think of a single person on this team that they want to get a contract signed more so than Jair Alexander. Not one person on this entire team. Unless you want to talk Rashawn Gary, right? <laughs> unless unless Rashawn Gary is in the conversation, even then I don't know for sure. But I, I just, I, you know, you're talking young, talented pieces that you build around. Jair is that guy. Lockdown corner. I mean, th- these kinds of guys are so rare. Um, there's just no question in my mind. I mean, he's he is priority number one, and they will do nothing else if not for signing Jair Alexander. That is, that is n- not on the table. I don't know how I can stress that anymore. I, I just, you don't even need to bother asking me. There is no scenario on planet Earth in which they say we need to move on from Jair, we can't afford Jair. Zero, none, never, ever in a million years. Never. Get it completely out of your head. They will sooner cut Preston Smith, Darius, Aaron Rodgers, and Devontae before they get rid of Jair. Don't think for one second I'm wrong about that. He is 25 years old. He is the best corner in the NFL. Zero, zero, zero. If I could go less than zero and it made any sense, I would go less than zero. There is no chance in the world. Zero, people are freaking out about the salary cap. We're negative 40. We can't afford to pay Jair because it's going to be too much money. Yes, we can. Yes, we will. Stop worrying about that. He's not going anywhere. Unless there is some major issue that we don't know about with this injury, some major off the field issues, some major, major something. He's not going. I mean, if, if if there's news that comes out that he got cut or traded or whatever, I promise you there's something serious that just happened because there is no way in the world for any team out of 32, not one would get rid of Jair Alexander, especially the team that has prided itself on draft and develop to hit a home run with Jair Alexander. And before he even gets to his first contract saying, nah. Never, ever, 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 ever. Please do not ask me that anymore. Never, never, ever. Gutekunst would trade his children before he got rid of Jair Alexander, okay? So Jair is getting paid. Eric Stokes is going to be here for a while. Uh, Razul, Kevin King, Chandon Sullivan, all free agents as of right now. I don't think Chandon stays. Again, it's one of those, he's going to be cheap, so maybe, but he had a bad year this year. I mean, if you look at PFF and everything else, I've always liked Chandon. He's played above his, his ability and he's been able to do some stuff. He did not have a very good year. Um, and again, Kevin King, I just don't see it, even though he's probably going to be 
relatively cheap. We do have Shamar Jean Charles. I think as of right now, he's just the guy that's slotted to be there. Already kind of talked about Razul. It's hard. I mean, it's it's not that hard to see a path just based on value, but it is hard to to justify giving him any amount of money because I don't know what he does. And I don't think there's any scenario where they take Jair, who I, I don't know if I've stressed exactly how important he is, where you take a number one lockdown guy and say, well, maybe if we just kick him in the slot for Razul Douglas, I'm sorry, but we're getting a little carried away with nonsense now. Again, Razul Douglas, I'm very grateful for what he did. He had a good year. Razul Douglas has spent time on practice squads for a reason. It's not because everybody else is an idiot. It's because he played and he played quite poorly. He came here. It was a great fit. It was a great system. He primarily lived off of pick sixes. It worked out spectacularly for him. There is no way in the world, in my mind... I keep saying these things, and if I end up being wrong, I'm going to be shocked. But we're going to pay Razul Douglas. He's going to take Jair Alexander's spot in the number one cornerback slot, and we're going to kick Jair into the slot because pff, reasons, I guess. I I don't see it. I just I can't imagine that. So otherwise, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, that's the biggest thing. Now, everybody else that's behind him, Vernon Scott, Henry Black, Sean Davis, they're good to go. Uh, there's really nothing to worry about here. Vernon Scott, 2024, Henry Black, he's an ERFA, so we can do whatever we want with him. And then uh, Sean Davis, whoever that is, is a 2023 ERFA. So we got him for another year, and he's a, he's uh, exclusive rights, so he's not going anywhere. But um, there are some big questions. I mean, Darnell Savage, this is his last year before he's up for a contract. I don't know exactly what the status of that is, other than he's obviously going to be here. Adrian Amos, though, is the biggest question out of this group. I absolutely love the guy. I wanted him here since day one. He was my top safety target that year when everybody else wanted all these other guys. I'm like, dude, Adrian Amos is the guy that I want. He's uh, He's been fantastic. He's been he's exceeded my own expectations. I think he is a core critical piece of this defense. Listening even to Coach Hahn talk about how important safeties are and what a great job he's done. I, I just, for me, he's critical. Um, but I'm worried the Packers don't feel that way. When, when they didn't give him an extension last year, I was stunned. Now, granted, they didn't give anybody an extension. They basically just voided everybody and said, this is everybody's last year and you're all getting fired next year, which, you know, was freaking me out a little bit. Or at the very least, we'll, we'll, everybody's on notice and we'll figure out where to go from here. But um, I would love for, for them to work out something um, to where he stays this year and, and, and beyond if possible. I mean, he's 28, he's going on 29 this year. So I don't know how much, how much longer they're planning on keeping him or how longer he can go or whatever, but, um, it is worth noting he's, he's on the books for $12 million. That is a lot of money. I think he's worth 12 million. I do, but it is a lot. It's, it's up there. Um, we would say 4.6 by getting rid of him, which would just completely break my heart because it's not that much money. But again, he's off the books in 2023, 2024, 2025 for all these void years. He's just off the books. So we're saving 4.6 this year. We don't have to pay 3.2 next year when we eventually move on from him. So there's there's the extra added benefit of having that additional money in 2023. But um, paying $7.3 million in dead money to ship Adrian Amos off somewhere else is just an absolute heartbreaker for me. I do think he would be extremely tradable at that price. Um, I do think we can get something for Adrian Amos for that. I don't exactly know how that all works out with what money transfers and what stays, what goes, how much we get, how much they get or whatever. But I, I still think he's worth something that we would get something. Um, probably not a massive sum considering his age and contract uh, costs and everything, but I, but I think that's a tradable contract for sure. 
but I, I'd rather not even discuss it. The, the only thing that bothers me and it's, is it just feels like the Packers are not as high on him as, as I am. Maybe I'm misreading that, but it does make me a little bit nervous. So we'll see what happens. I hope Adrian Amos stays. Um, at the very least, I do think safety is another position that we're going to have to look at, which almost all of them are, but it's one of those where Amos is clearly going to be gone soon. Savage showed some serious regression this past year. Um, so that's going to be a concern for this team moving forward that we're trying to to sort of prop up and rebuild and continue to be a dominant force, especially if we want our defense to be a dominant force. We know what it's like to have really bad DBs and really bad safeties. Go back to the MG, MD Jennings years before we got Ha Ha Clinton Dix and whatnot. That was brutal. I mean, absolutely brutal to have just terrible safeties. And so um, I think that'll be something that we're going to have to look at on top of wide receiver, on top of potentially tight end, on top of potentially quarterback, um, maybe running back, but probably not, at least not anywhere in the early rounds. Uh, Definitely need to look at offensive line. Definitely need to look at edge rusher. Definitely need to look at defensive line. Maybe need to look at linebacker, at the very least, finding an eventual replacement for Devondre Campbell, if not an immediate replacement for Devondre Campbell. Um, I think cornerback is something that you want to invest in for if for no other reason that we're potentially losing three guys and could use some depth. And at the very least, um, probably we'll need to find an upgrade at, at slot um, and uh, safety. So again, basically every position. And I will say that is one of the, the things that's kind of exciting about the upcoming draft. Um I kind of talked about this yesterday, but it's it's not only that um, we could be picking at any point, depending on trades and whatnot, but we kind of need every position. So there's no, I mean, it doesn't matter. The people, the draft community is so stupid sometimes. They're so dogmatic about everything. Like, we would never do that. Like, dude, can you just shut up for a second? There's no rule. I promise you, Green Bay does not have rules that say we don't draft linebackers, we don't draft wide receivers. Th- that may be a nice little guidepost. But it's not a rule, right? Jair Alexander was not supposed to be selected by the Packers because he's not tall enough. There is a rule somewhere written. How do we know there's a rule? Because they haven't done it yet. That's so stupid. Just stop. Everything is on the table. Wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, running back, uh, offensive line, edge, defensive line, linebacker, cornerback, safety. And I only say running back because, again, Aaron Jones may not be here for a while. Um, Probably not going to be an early selection, but, you know, A.J. Dillon and what? Maybe they like Kylan and Patrick Taylor, but you know they like to take swings at it and just see what they can do. Fifth round, see if you get lucky again. I could see that. Are they going to take another second round swing? I shouldn't say no, or I I should say no, but I I guess I don't know. Didn't think they would do that with A.J. Dillon either, and they did. But um, anyways, again, that's just kind of, oh, uh, special teams, by the way. Corey Bajorquez is a free agent. Um, Superhero Corey Bajorquez, I told you guys. I wasn't as big on that as you were. He started to fall off pretty heavily in the second half of the season, so I don't know that it's a guarantee. The only thing that makes me think they're definitely going to want to keep him is, number one, we don't have anybody else without him, and number two, we actually spent draft capital to go get him. So I, I think they're going to be some incentive to want to keep him around and just hope that he can do better than than he did down the stretch there. Um, Mason Crosby, though, I think there's a very serious there, – there's every reason to believe that this was his last year – um, he was looking pretty, pretty rough in certain patches. And I feel like they've been trying to find a replacement for him for some time and he just keeps winning these competitions, but I just don't know how much longer that's going to be a thing. Um, as far as kickers go, I mean, he's, he's much more expensive than your average kicker. And I think the Packers want that off the books. Um, he's another guy that's in his final year with a bunch of void years tacked onto it. Um, 
I don't think there is a, a real easy solution to finding a kicker that you can trust, and I'm not super looking forward to a post-Mason Crosby era, but similar to Aaron Rodgers, I think it's one of those things that just eventually is going to happen, and I think they're ready to rip the Band-Aid off, especially now when, when you know, let's just rip them all off at once and just get this pain over with. I think Mason may be a part of that, so... Anyways, uh, I will leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.